Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio Greenwich. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song, wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up, get up, get out of the bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, love and be happy, what if I be blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers. But still I listen for us and us I'm just a kid again Doing what I did again Singing a song When the red, red robin comes Bob, bob, bobbing along Free, free draw yesterday, but still eight points from the playoffs. Well, if we're going to finish in mid-table in League One, we might as well try and make it exciting. Welcome to Charlton Live. Yes, good evening. Welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. On your Sunday evening, my name is Louis Mendez. Joining me at the Valley uh, after yesterday's uh, excitable, but uh, ultimately fruit- you know, futile, I guess, because we haven't really gained too much ground on the playoff places. Uh, draw at Rochdale. Joining me here at the Valley to <coughs> discuss that, Nathan Munn. How you doing, Nath? Not bad, mate. Living the dream. Yeah, living Especially the dream. Especially after yesterday. Yeah. Saw, some, saw some sights yesterday, I tell you. Well, Rochdale, <laughs> Rochdale does that to a man, doesn't it? And that's, be- that's before we even get into the fact there's been... Uh, been goals and, and excitement and uh, and all that and almost the world's greatest goal, which yeah, uh, oh. <laughs> from uh, Steph, Arsenal only Steffi Mavadidi. There, no, no, I think it's that gone in. We might as well have just f- finish with football. 
It's not going to get any better with that. No, no, no. Yeah, cancel, cancel the rest of it. Um, so yeah, on tonight's show, of course, we'll go look back at yesterday's free, uh, free draw at Rochdale. We're going to hear from Carl Robinson. Uh, we're also going to hear from uh, double goal scorer George Teixeira. Uh We're going to hear from Ed Wood, who's a fascinating man who, uh, by attending yesterday's game, actually broke a world record for seeing uh, a game at all ninety-three English league clubs. And that sounds confusing, but the ninety-third one is Berwick Rangers because they uh, they do play in England, but actually play in the Scottish league. But they count as an English league club for this. So he saw all, a home game at all 93 uh, English league clubs in the space of 189 days. And yesterday he polished that off at Rochdale. So uh, I had a quick chat with him because that's a, a world record. And of course, if we uh, get a chance, probably look ahead to, to Tuesday's game with Oxford as well. We're going to find out what's saying Greg Stubbley bonkers as well in a minute, uh, which, which I'm <laughs> looking forward to. Um, I mean, but you were there, you were there yesterday. We're also going to hear your, uh, your diary, actually. But then... Uh, Oh, I know it back yet. Yeah, in the in the running order as well. Tom and Nath went up on the free coach yesterday, so we're going to hear how they got on. Uh, if party they, bus, party bus, as it's known. Uh, I mean, you were able to party by the fact that you weren't caught by the Blackwall Tunnel coming home, were you? No, we we, we were smooth on the way. I mean, it's actually uh, yeah. it's actually really. We had really a really quick. clean drive until we got about three miles from the valley, whereby we had to sit still for an hour, which was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we're going to hear how Tom and Nath got on on their trip to Rochdale yesterday. But just just before we play the highlights, now I mean overall summary of the game. Uh, it was nice to score. <laughs> no, it was nice to score three goals. Um, uh, we struggled a little bit defensively. Um, fir- first half, I think, um, I agree with Cole in a way. We'll hear it later, but I th- we weren't cohesive. We weren't as a team. We weren't a team uh, in the first half. I thought we looked quite devoid of our ideas. The ball over top, top wasn't working, which it was obvious that, you know, Rochdale play a higher line and that's what we were trying to do. Um, second half, we, I thought we played a lot better. Um, but we just looked shaky at the back all all game, which which, which was uncharacteristic. Usually it's quite solid, but we just can't put the ball in the net. And then um, yeah, so we done the done the scoring bit, but we couldn't do what we usually do at the back. So um, yeah, no, we, again, it's you know we were in a position where you know we possibly should have done better, and and again we've just drawn again, and it's it's looking like we said it on Thursday, it's unlikely, but. Hmm. I'm still going to try and remain positive. I guess if we're, going to, if we're going to draw every game, we might as well make, make it a bit more fun than we usually do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least we score a late one. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, so obviously we want to know what you guys made of yesterday's game or anything else you want to talk about. Uh, you can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Life. You can head over to the Charlton Life forum where there's a thread on there uh, for tonight's show. Let us know your, your views, really, everything you saw yesterday. Um, but yeah, here, here are the highlights. Now there was a slight a mishap with the recording due to the slightly dodgy Wi-Fi at Spot, Spotland yesterday. So uh, our second goal, you only sort of hear the second half of it. But uh, this is Greg Stubbley uh, going absolutely bonkers as he takes you through yesterday's uh, game up at Spotlands. It's not really in shooting distance. It's a bit further out on, on the left-hand side. It will be McDermott to take left foot. It looks towards the far post. Rudd gets a touch on it. It's a header. It's been tapped home. There's a miscommunication in the Charlton's defence. Declan Rudd looked to claim it. I think it's come off the head of Josh McGuinness and then it's been tapped home. Just trying to see who scored that. Total mix-up in the Charlton defence there. And opening the score for Rochdale. It's number five, Neil Canavan. And Charlton at the back there. A woeful defending. Ball came in. I think Declan Rudd was certainly trying to claim it. McGuinness got ahead on it and it's been tapped home. Charlton looking to try and get an equaliser before off time. Still Rochdale 1, Charlton nil. Declan Rudd's goal kick looks for McGuinness. Tony Watts also there and he's actually left it. McGuinness flicks around the corner for John Pataka. Closing on a goal. Pataka. Off the post. Pataka will have it again. And he scores for Charlton. 
John Pataka equalises for the Addicts and the second time of asking ball forward flicked by McGuinness finds the advancing Pataka in his first effort rebounded off the post Pataka is able to pick up the pieces again and managed to put it in the net for the Addicts and Charlton have equalised here Pataka with his first goal for the club the Addicts the lead corner kick came in for Forsakowski headed down by Patrick Bauer and there from a few yards out was Josh Sixera to tap home and Charlton after 67 minutes they're taking a lead at Spotdale Spotlange <laughs> the goal kick from Wilson Noble Lazarus heads down to Henderson Henderson crossing opportunity towards the far post Andrews peeling away it's 2-2 Calvin Andrew equalises for Rochdale ball came in towards the far post Andrew totally free heads home and Rochdale have their equaliser Henderson cuts back on his right foot finds Mendes Lang shooting opportunity and it's in for Rochdale Mendes Lang on the edge of the box cut inside to his right foot under no real Charlton pressure just found that far corner has given Rochdale the lead after 84 minutes and Lee Novak was giving chase instead it's a Charlton corner it shall be taken by Jake Forster-Kasky since many delivery towards six up a barrel of the free and it will be tapped home again by Texera it's free oh again it's the corner comes in from Jake Forster-Kasky at the back post Bauer heads down and Texera gets the second of the game absolutely bonkers here at extraordinary stuff here at Spotland so there we go excellent commentary there from Greg Stubb I did really enjoy listening back to that because I think he caught the uh, uh, the excitement of the game well there and uh yeah, obviously said it was bonkers as well which we'll come on to later <laughs> um, uh, but you, you heard it there I mean the game as a whole do you think a, a draw was a fair result um, possibly yeah I mean we did improve the second half but um, if we ended up wi- winning it um, <laughs> the thing is when we when we went 2-1 up I thought we were going to go win 3-4-1 I, I, I honestly thought that and then when Andrew scored more or less straight away um, I had feared the worst I must admit and mm. then we went three two. So to salvage a draw late again, to you know, like he did show a bit of character, but we're just falling short again. And, and I mean, that's the frustrating thing is that we just can't seem to punish punish teams in um, when we when we need to. Yeah, second game in the in the space of five days up in Greater Manchester, where we've been a goal down after just four minutes, and this time. Uh, it was it was a bit of indecision at the back. I think when I first saw it, I thought that it must have been Andrew who challenged challenged for the ball with the goalkeeper with with, with Declan Rudd. But looking back, it's actually Josh McGuinness who sort mm. of sort of headed it out of his hands really, and, and just given the the absolute tapping really for Donovan or whatever his name was. But um, uh, just indecision, and that's something we're, we're not really that used to seeing too much of. It. I mean, I know we've um, the last few days uh, the, the goals were conceded at Oldham and Rochdale haven't been very good defensively but mm. it's not something we really, we really expect to see from, from us this season as much no we, that's what I mean we've been <coughs> been fairly solid um, but um, we did look very vulnerable at set pieces and crosses into the box at, in certain times of the game and you go out there and you have that sort of optimism <laughs> and then four minutes you're like oh 
God's sake, you know, it's happening again. Um, but yeah, no, it was a bit of an odd one, really, because at the time, I, I just thought it was a case where Deck drop, dropped it, and it was only when I saw it back, it was, you know, it was one of, obviously Josh, that sort of he bundled into or something, and he's, you know, the geezer had a nice little tap-in, but not the greatest of starts that we wanted. Um, <laughs> and then just a couple of minutes later, when we saw that chance, I think it was Thompson who had a, an effort from another corner that Lewis Page cleared off the line, and then mm. we... The, the way the game started, we're just under all sorts of pressure. Really. And don't forget, this is a Rochdale team that hadn't actually scored in four or five games. So it's surprised to see us so so much on the back foot early on. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. They, they ain't scored four or five. They've like nil nil one nil 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 lost four nil and lost four. They weren't the great in, great in form. But and then I only realised after the game that they've just literally, they're still in shout with the playoffs, which is, is it's incredible. But it's obviously due to their their run that they've done, which is obviously what we're trying to replicate. But um, <laughs> we're sort of struggling with that at the moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to replicate. We're also trying to win the Champions. League, but <laughs> uh, we, we, I mean, we did start to have a few sort of chances, half chances within the, within that first half, and and uh, Rochdale were at times playing quite a high line. So a few times we got in behind. The first time we saw Josh McGuinness managed to burst through one on one, and this time once again, at least he's worked the keeper this time as opposed to Oldham where he's put it over the bar, but it well saved. And was, we, we were talking about the, the McGuinness performance yesterday on the way home. It, it wasn't, he hasn't quite come back his usual self, no. has he, from his injury yet? He doesn't look, he doesn't look sharp. And he, he, how long was he out for? He was, he was out for about a month, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, so. he doesn't. He doesn't look very sharp. I don't know if he played any minutes in terms of sort of under twenty three games, or if he's just been thrust back into the squad. But um, the thing is, is who else have we got? You know, mm-hmm. and that, I think that's the big. I think if we had a squad big enough to sort of cope with it, I don't think he probably would have been thrusted in so quickly. But um, yeah, Saturday he put himself about like he always does. He always grafts, and but he did. He didn't look sharp at all yesterday, yesterday, mm. and um, which is disappointing because I always want him to score because I love Big Josh. It was Canavan with the first goal, by the way, not Donovan. Oh. I, was, I was thinking oh. of Jason Donovan again. Oh, we'd be good in the box, wouldn't he? <laughs> can't get him out of my mind. Um, uh, so, um, I mean, I found it quite interesting. People were picking up on a, a comment from Russell uh, from uh, from Carl, which you'll hear in, in the interview. <laughs> Russell, you got Russell on the brain. Yeah, can't get rid of the tears. That's more nightmares. That is, and uh, <laughs> and. Um, we uh, Carl sort of mentioned that he felt that apart from the goals they scored, that Rochdale didn't have any chances. And for me, that's not true no. whatsoever. I mean, we've already said Lewis Page cleared one off the line. We saw McDermott had a fine curler after 18 minutes, which was tipped over the bar quite mm. well by Declan Rudd. Second half, Andrews hit the bar. They had, uh, I think, Andrew had a header in the first half from a free mm. kick when we were trying to play it around at the back end, up giving away a free kick. I mean, to say that Rochdale didn't have chances, I think, would be would, would be alternative facts yeah no I, I, I agree and then there was also another one when they were through and go and Dex come out and thwarted him sort of at the feet and, um, but yeah no I don't think um, I think there are plenty of chances I, I just think we, our defence couldn't handle that Andrew um, mm. And it made it worse. It was, you know, it was at, it was at Palace, but um, I don't know what that celebration was about as well. It must, it must oh, have been Zorro yeah. because he had that mask. It must have been the mask of Zorro. Oh, right, yeah. Unless he just likes fencing. <laughs> Maybe. <he does>. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, I just, I just I, we we couldn't handle him. And yeah. but they had their fair share of um, their fair share of chances. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes to something when I, I remember seeing Calvin Andrew play. Uh, or for Palace when he's playing in a friendly at Bromley and, and thinking he's one of the worst players I've ever seen yeah. and uh, the fact that we were getting absolutely I mean that's a, he scored against us at the Valley of course in, in the in the 1-0 defeat earlier on in the season and we like I say to, to be struggling against a player who when, when I've seen him earlier on in his career I didn't really rate him was quite difficult now uh, so just before the half hour mark there was a bit of, it might be seen I mean you, you just telling me off air you thought it might have been a bit of a turning point for us because uh, Esri went down injured but mm-hmm. um, uh, replaced by George Teixeira but you, you felt that he, he'd been struggling in that early stage yeah he got a, he got a couple of little kicks and a couple of little niggles um, 
and he got a couple of free kicks out of it. I just thought he, he I thought he was going to struggle with Andrew. I thought we were really, really struggling because he was pulling out wide, and um, I just don't think because they were targeting Esri, and um, I don't know if that was probably part of their plan because he was, he's, he's, you know, he's not he's not tiny, but you know, he's not as built as you know George's or whatever. So I thought he would he was struggling a little bit, mm. and it might have been a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it's um, because I thought he was gonna. Be bullied a little bit, I think. Yeah, it sounds like he had a bit of a tight um, muscle, and uh, mm. uh, when he came off, and, and Carl actually said that you'd already not planned to play him on Tuesday anyway. Because I mean, we, we've talked about it for a few weeks now on our show about how you know, we, we we like Ezra and we like Aribo. We know they're two great um, up and coming prospects, but you can't with, with young players. You can't burn them out. You can't play them every week, especially in a league as physical as this. Yeah, no. It, even though some people are going, oh, you know, when they're younger, they should be fitter. Yeah, they probably are physically. Um, but you also got to think about their mental sort of state as well. He's tiring mentally playing ninety minutes in three games in seven days or whatever he's played, um, and he's he's going to become tired. And then you start you start putting them under more pressure and pay, playing them when they're tired physically and mentally. They're going to make more mistakes, and then you're in a case of where their confidence goes. So yeah, we've we've got to change it about. You know, we've got to re- that's why we've got Forster Kasky and stuff. Um, uh, we'll probably go on to Tuesday, but I think Cross needs a rest. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think he was. A, I, I didn't think he was that great yesterday. I, I'd, no. I'd like to see. I'd like to see. Uh, even though Cons is not going to play Tuesday, I'd like to see if we played that four again. I'd like to see um, Forstakowski and Cons together. Because yeah, so a bit more mobile. I think know. Cross has played pretty much every game, hasn't he? So yeah, that'd be quite interesting. But in terms of a, t- a tough tackler, I mean. Mm. Arrivo, have we seen? Have we seen that's yeah. why he's a bit more of a creative player, but yeah. he, he probably won't because we haven't really got that instead. So you know, but I will, even though I said that, not dropped in a because he was a bit of a passenger. He's been his form has improved. I'm not yeah. going to sit here and slate him because I'm not like that. But <laughs> just give just give him a bit of a breather. Do you know what I mean? Because he's not the youngest, is he? No, certainly not. I mean, were you, were you surprised by the way that we did line up in the first place? Going with going with what was was as close to a four four two because I think Carl still described it as the four two three one. Yeah. With um, Watt playing slightly deep off McGuinness, but he, cer- he certainly wasn't playing out wide as much, was he? No. He was sort of more more central and yeah, because it, 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 it surprised me in a way because me and Thomas, I know maybe he's been listening to the show maybe on Thursday because <laughs> he played it, but I, I called it as a four four one one because when we didn't have the ball, it was quite surprising that Coles put what he tried to stifle Callum Camps. I think it's his first name, Callum. Yeah. But that their their prime creator and, and Tony was doing it and I thought, well he's not gonna be able to do that all game. Mm. Um and I th- it just wasn't it just wasn't clicking at first, but he was trying to stay so you could see um Carl and um what's his assistant's Ronnie. Is it Ronnie? He says, Richie Barker. Richie, that's yeah. it, yeah. I remember they kept shouting him to sort of try and stay central because he always used to float outside, yeah. which was obviously Preventing the space of Lewis and Solly going on the other side, so, but yeah, it was it was more or less, you know, a four four one one, I think, but it could always go into a four two three, couldn't it? So, yeah. Callum Cams got stifled just before just before half time actually mm. when he got caught square in the uh, in the gentlemen's club. Uh, with the ball and actually Carl Robinson actually tried to get us to play on while he was down it's really funny the ball came off the balls and uh, and out for a throw and Carl was urging us to play on but the referee blew his whistle just in time but, but just before that uh, Jordan Botaka scored the goal that we all knew Jordan Botaka had in him a weird bumbling effort that he, he took too long to do he completely mishit it and then scored anyway I mean uh, it's the most Jordan Botaka goal of all time I, I like uh, Jordan's got flicks and he's got 
skill in him, but his decision making at times. So even when he's going through one on one, you're thinking, "Oh God, here we go." Mm. Uh, plays uh, plays a one two with the post, which is vision, vision, mm. uh, showboating if anything, and yeah. then uh, and then finishes via a bundle and of uh, of defenders on the line. And and we're back in the game now. And you know, on the balance of play, you're saying, "I thought I felt we was perhaps slightly mm. on the balance of play fortunate to be going in at halftime." We did we did have some chances, but we weren't. Whenever we had the ball, mainly we didn't seem to be doing anything with it. No. Um, but you know, a, a relief to go in at halftime one all. Yeah, I think it was. I thought we were were lucky to go in a in a in a you know and as a draw. But um, yeah, no, we kept trying that same ball over and over and over, and it wasn't working. And this time it came off. And like you say, he's obviously done a one-two with a post, which he probably wouldn't be able to do again if he tried it. <laughs> and then, I still don't know how it got through. It's to, I still can't believe how it got through. But um, yeah. yeah, no, if, thing with Jordan, he frustrates me sometimes because he's a, he is a unit. You might not see it, but he is huge for like a wing. He's quite muscular. I'd like him to be a bit more aggressive in his play. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, um, but yeah no, he, he got us back into the game, and it probably would have. It could have been a turning point because if we went one nil down, it you know it's a bit of a mountain. It might have done them psychologically a little bit as well. But yeah, yeah, no, delightful. It was his first goal, which I I don't know who, who did he run over. Did he run over to O'Loughlin? See, I was reason? yeah. See, I didn't see it, but I was told that he, he ran over and celebrated with Chris O'Loughlin, which mm. I, which I found surprising, really. But I mean, I mean. We, uh, there's no reason for me to find that surprising. Actually, it's just because we, we we don't know what the uh, yeah. what the relationships are like at the training ground. So perhaps Jordan maybe they've been clearly. working on something on his yeah. post hitting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lachlan has been saying right. I've, Aim I've got, for the post. Yeah, Roland sent me an email about something they're doing in Belgium. <laughs> uh, right. So when in when in halftime one first fifteen minutes of the second half nothing really happened. Uh, I think no, when Noble Lazarus came on from them, he had the first real effort about fifteen minutes into the second half. Fired a, a long ranger over the crossbar. Um, uh, and then not long after that, I think we were, uh, after Mavadidi came on, mm. uh, for, for Tony Watt. And then we saw, well, I'm so annoyed that the, the commentary failed the recording there because Stubbers said he went absolutely mental for it when Mavadidi picked up the ball on the edge of his own box. And if you haven't seen this, make sure you head over to Charlton Twitter because they put it up there. Uh, Mavadidi went on, basically, if you imagine Maradona's goal against England in 86, that, but doubled. Uh, and no cheating involved, and um, and it was just like that. And it was so it was it was just a poor finish at the end of it because that was so close to being one of the best goals I've ever seen. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, when 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 he got it on, um, he got it on the edge of the box and he ran. He skipped one, and then Holmes come out. He drifted on the left. I thought, why he's going to switch it out to Holmes now and get in the box? Great, groovy. And he's just gone. He's just kept going, and then and he's, everyone's like, ah, oh, he's going to lose it. Here. Nope, no, <laughs> nope, no. And then literally gets the last one, knocks it round him, and then he threw. And literally, I don't think I've ever wanted, apart from Chris Powell scoring against Coventry, oh. I don't think I've ever wanted someone to score, or, or Samido, in fact, against Leighton Orient, so, so, someone to score a goal so much, because that would have been, like you said, it would have it would have been the best goal I would have seen live. Yeah. And, a country mile. Yeah. I mean, because Mavadidi actually went on a very similar one, a run on Tuesday, but he picked up on the halfway line, and then he ended up playing it out to Botaka, so it didn't get as many headlines, but it, mm. we, we saw a burst of it on Tuesday, and just the way he picked up the ball, and this, I mean, people were saying, I think he's going to lose it here. As soon as I saw him run with it, because I saw that run on Tuesday, I thought, he's going all the way. Mm. And it's just a shame, he, he, he decided to try and take it with the, the sort of outside of his right foot by the bit, rather than you know, on, his left. Yeah, on, on his left and try and curl it around the keeper. But um, it was from the resulting corner. So even though it, that didn't lead to a goal, it, it directly it did get us into the position to win the corner to, to, from which we scored. Now the first of two identical goals here: Bauer at the far post, nodding it down for Teixeira uh, to, to, to bury, and then we've got our noses in front. Yeah, no, it was great. And Carl mentioned it in his interview. But when he when when we scored, 
I, I admit, I, Steffi was going like crazy. He was like going mad, and yeah. I was like, it was surprising to see because usually you think, oh, you know, but he was probably he was going more mental than George was. <laughs> and he's, but yeah, no, he, he changed the game. But yeah, the set piece is nice from when we score from set pieces. Mm. It's usually I'm always fearful of us conceding one. So, uh, but yeah, it was a good. I think it was like backstick and Bowers edited it across, like you say, and. George got his nugget on which we he's always lethal in the box George is in the other half yeah. when he's always in a picture I, I think he's going to be more prolific than say S and Paddy not yeah. saying that they're rubbish but you know I think in terms, of, a, in terms of goal scoring yeah, yeah he's a massive threat in the other mm. person's box yeah in fact um, uh, Lewis Wheeler says I think it's a bit harsh on Botaka definitely didn't miss kick it looking at it just now <laughs> he tried to poke it looking at, but I, I think there, there was a uh, a real miscontrol in the build-up to it. So, like, as even when he was running, there's a big heavy touch that meant he had to uh, get past the keeper. Um, uh, Freddie Saunders also confirmed that that McGuinness hadn't played. Well, he, he believes that McGuinness hadn't played since injury, other than in the first team. So, mm. this is interesting. Charlton Exile said they scored three times. They must have had at least three chances. Uh, I think referencing Carl's comments there, but I mean, I mean they, they certainly have more chances than he let on. Uh, now, the issue is obviously, you know, we, we've 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 poked ahead. Um, and then just just two three minutes later, there's a cross towards the far post, and I, I, I've been watching about trying to see who the defender is. He got, I think it must be Page on yeah, that far Paige. side. Who, who, who he beats? Yeah, yeah who, who, Paige, Andrew, yeah. who Andrew's uh, Andrew beaten, and then uh, powers ahead of towards goal. So I saw some. I think I saw someone on Twitter suggesting that Declan Rudd might have been in the wrong. Level. I'm not too sure about that. Maybe yeah. he could have come out a bit further at his far post. But you know, once you got your noses in front, and, and Patrick Bauer before, like in between our goal and their goal, Patrick Bauer had a free header from a corner, yeah. which he didn't connect with properly, headed into the ground and. You know, talk, if we're going to talk about ruthlessness, that's the sort of chances. If you, if you put that one away, then we're four, uh, three one up, and then and then you're probably going to home and dry. We end up uh, just just a minute or so later, Calvin Andrew down the other end. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, was, I said to Tom when we was in the ground. I said when we scored that second, and I, I said I think we're going to go and win this, and I think we'll win this comfortably, three four one. And then um, yeah, they've gone down the other end. And to be to fair, be, to be fair with them, they tried it the first half, which is where the, Andrew's. They've 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 cut across and whipped it in and they've he's targeted Solly and he's a, Andrew's edited it again and Rudd made the save the first time the brilliant save mm. they've done it again he's gone to the smaller man at the back stick on the fullback and it's come across it w- be fair it was a good goal it was a good cross and a good finish but um, yeah it was just disappointing we just couldn't hold on for another ten yeah uh, because I think it, if we held on for another five ten minutes they would have been pushing it and I think Mavadidi would and Holmes would have had that space just munching, yeah, yeah we would have been fine yeah. uh, John Pitcher said that I hope Mavadidi gets a start on Tuesday let's try him yeah. in the number 10 role so, oh, I, I think, I, I'd love to see him start yeah, excellent. he's got him yeah. Yeah. Um, right and then uh, so as the game goes on uh, my mate Nathaniel Mendes Lang comes on long lost brother yeah long lost brother very very long lost uh, <laughs> and uh, he's uh, he's come on and obviously we've all made the jokes oh look Mendes has come on uh, <laughs> and, and, he, uh, and then uh, we, we gift him a goal from the edge of the box oh. you, I hear you weren't too happy with this one Nathan yeah no um uh, well, I won't p- repeat what I said on air at the time, but uh, <laughs> it, just, it's just so I, I I was silent for about five minutes, and I was I had steam coming out my ears because I could see it when Forster Caskey lost it, and he didn't have a go, and then Crofts got ghosted past, and I could see it all day long. And he's come out wide, and then he spreaded it, and he's come back in, and he's had a shot, and uh, oh, it was just emba- it was embarrassing. It was <laughs> absolutely it was shocking. Just to see that, not even one. Take him down, kick him, cross, kick him, take the yellow. What's it? He's like on the halfway line. Just kick him, and it was just embarrassing. And then uh, I thought that's when we was going to go on that 
long old coach down the home on a 3-2 loss. <laughs> I think oh, it's yeah. going to be horrible, this is. But, but yeah, luckily after that, um, we win another corner. The way mm. the corner came about, see, I don't get... Again, I don't think this was on the, the highlights, but basically it was a massive bit of indecision at the back for Rochdale, whereby mm. the, the keeper was coming out, but the defender didn't know he had, and he headed it past him. Mm. And I was sort of half hoping that Novak was going to catch up with him and be able to, to, to poke it home, but he couldn't, but it, it did go out for the corner. Oh, is that the one where he, he nearly, yeah. I thought he was going to go in yeah. for a goal? Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't and know, it, yeah, it was yeah. from that corner that, yeah. we, that we got the, uh, the, the, the third goal, the equaliser. Again, Tex. Um, uh, again, Bauer knockdown, this time Tex sort of volleys it home and mm. uh, through, through the goalkeeper. And, uh, and and we and we get the free all draw. I mean, at, at the end of the game, how, how was it? Well, look from from where I was seeing that the fans seemed to be in reasonably good spirits at the end of the game. What, what was what was the feeling yeah. in the way end? I think yeah, if, if that goal didn't win, in, I was expecting quite a poisonous sort of <laughs> reaction. I don't think that they would have got many claps, but um, you know, we 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 played well in spells and we and we salvaged a draw. We weren't celebrating a draw as such as uh, some people did say on Twitter. It wasn't that you know we were delighted with a draw, but when you Near injury time, you'd rather have a draw than a loss, wouldn't you? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was disappointing. But yeah, cool. Getting a last minute goal is always good, and it's good that someone like George, who a lot of fans like. Yeah, uh, it's ironic, really. Um, Carl Robinson said on Tuesday we were talking about the ruthlessness and whatnot, and he said, you know, he came out and said, if we score two, we'll go on and win. So we thought <laughs> we were yeah. sitting there three two down. We're thinking, oh, that's going to come back and bite. And we, at least we got the three. But and running on time to go, quite correctly points out here on Twitter. Carl Robinson also said when we scored two goals. We wouldn't lose after the ultimate defeat. Well, well, I guess we didn't lose in the end. We needed the three, but yeah, he did say we'd go on and win if we if we got two. And I mean, historically over the season, we probably would have more often than not. Mm. Um, but it's, it's just the way it went yesterday. Lewis Wheeler says definitely feel like we need Pierce back, and yeah. uh, and and I didn't feel like that before. I set pieces. Who is actually organising it? I don't think that Bauer or Tex organised. Solly isn't much of a captain, and JJ is an involved match. Pierce seems like an organiser, and Lewis also as we cannot play Crofts in the two again like the Sheffield United game. Midfielders easy walk past him I can't have him in a two ever right don't forget if you want to have your say on yesterday's draw with Rochdale you can email studio at charltonlive.co.uk already got a couple of emails waiting for us you can tweet us at charltonlive or you can head over to the Charlton Life thread and uh, make your feelings known in, in there as well right after yesterday's game myself and Greg Bonkers Stubbly caught up with Carl uh, Robinson to find out what he made of yesterday's game if you want to react to this make sure you do as well this is what Carl Robinson said after yesterday's free all draw at Spotland yeah but we should have been 3-4 First, the chances we missed in the first half were, were were criminal. The first goal was a was just a mistake. This I think Descourt and Josh has headed his hand, and um, when we just seen it back, and then certain aspects of being a bit open. I don't even recall them having chances other than the goals that they scored. I don't know whether you can. Mm-hmm. Up, there wasn't much in. We had the better chances all the way through. In the first thirty minutes, we had three guilt-edged chances. They played a high line, we should have been onside a little bit more and been a little bit more careful in our runs from deep. We spoke about it all week. Um, but what they did show that there's a certain, a certain grit. I thought first half we, we worked hard. What we have at the moment, I think, is that they're working hard, but not working hard within a structure. It's, it's, so one goes really hard and they get passed around and they have two sitting deep. And when the two go, the back four. So the cohesive nature in which we're trying to build is, is then the second half they came out and they pressed like a unit. One went and it was followed by somebody else and they gained success from that. But once we scored the second, we should have gone three and four. Um, and then all of a sudden we find ourselves three, two down with two, three minutes to go. It's nice to turn it around, but it's still only a point. It's still now you look at it, obviously not one and four. Um, but you've thrown three of them, and they could have all easily been wins. 
through our own through our own fault we're dropping points. So there's certain positives to take, but there's certain negatives that we have to rectify. Whether it can be now, I'm not too sure. But we certainly have to regroup and go again. Like I said, uh, to come here, I don't think many teams have come here. See, I've watched these play a lot, and not many teams have come here and and I think done as well as what we've done. I've been here this year and won and played nowhere near as good as that. I mean, it's the last minute goal, and we only had one chance on the day because of how good they, this team were. Today, we've had three, four, five. Um, but then when you score three on the road, you need to not concede three. It's a bit of a strange uh, choice of fate in a way when Ezra Concert had to come off. Yep. Um, how, how is he? He's fine. There's a cramp in his hamstring, so obviously with a very young player. Same, same reason why Joe didn't play today. These are young and he played like sort of four or five straight games, which they've never done in their life uh, at this level. So there's always going to be a, a fear for young players. Uh, I know what I'm doing with them players, I think it's important. Ezra's due not to play anyway on Tuesday because we knew it would have been the maximum amount of games that he was looking to play, and he, he is getting close to that fatigue level. The boy is a tremendous footballer, and uh, I'm really excited about the quality of him. But we have to now go again. I thought Ricky Holmes showed what it takes to play for this football club today. His greatest determination, his desire, his application to running around was sitting there for all to see. I think young Steph has certainly got some of our fans sitting on the edge of the seats. If that goal goes in, it's probably one of the best goals I've ever seen live. Um, we were all going, please, please, please. And unfortunately, it wasn't for him, but then we scored from the corner. So it was, uh, the I know what I was more impressed with when we scored the second for a lone player to celebrate like he did shows that he really cares and that when you get players from big clubs you don't always get um, he really cares about the development of himself and the, and the results of the club uh, Talking about the corners uh, yeah. certainly is something that seems to be developed since Tuesday we had a lot of corners couldn't do anything for it today two goals mate Yeah but don't forget a corner is a, is a process behind our domination mm -hmm. if you don't dominate games you don't get corners so it just proves that we're dominating against the footballing team here today we played but playing better quicker but we have to get results. There's no point in playing better than not winning. You might as well play rubbish and Nick draws. But if we keep doing the right things and I can't keep finding the players who want to be here and players who want to take the football club forward, there's there's hope there. There's there's a, there's a development structure where we can go and be successful. And there's certain aspects that we have to improve though. Uh, obviously, with the amount of games you've got coming up now, it is a case of trying to rotate your squad a little bit. Yeah, it's physically, it's funny enough. It, I'm a, I've done this quite a lot now, rotating players, but I am seeing for the first time in a long time, everybody's doing it. Everybody, I think they made a few today as well. We played obviously in the week, they made four changes against us, Oldham. So a lot of teams are, are moving it around because the pitches that we play on, this is this and they've re. They've redone their pitch, I know that. But I think everyone sees today, it's, it gives way under your feet. It was a heavy pitch. Um, to think what we've done, we've travelled up with players Tuesday night, we've come back and we've come back up here again today. And it shows you the fitness levels of players going right to the dying death. And at least they care. And that's a starting block for me. Talked on Tuesday about the need to be a bit more ruthless. So obviously, you'd be happy you got the three goals, disappointed down the other end. But yeah. something to take from the fact that you took those yeah, chances but, today? But, but we had more chances. Um, Robbie came last night and spoke to some of the strikers about finishing and in the hotel and obviously someone of his calibre of what he's done in the game, uh, one of the best Premier League strikers we've seen. He came, he had a chat with Tony and Josh and people like that, some of the young players were a bit sort of taken back, but he, he's a, he came in and just spoke about being ruthless and having that edge and having that grit and determination in the final third. Funny enough, it wasn't then that scored the goals today, it was the text from the set pieces and Jordan making a great run. We worked on that, we worked on our wide players trying to run beyond Josh and create a better numerical advantage beyond the head of the ball. Uh, I was, we've watched so many teams play 
even the top teams, people who run forward, people who pass forward. Sometimes we pass back a little bit too much. Pass back when you have to. Don't pass back just because it's safe. Ask questions of the opposition. If you ask more questions of the opposition, you get higher results and you get you get better, so that you get more chances, which will increase the goal tally. Gap for playoffs down to eight now, so chipping away, you need, need more of those I know, more but, wins. Yeah, right? I didn't know that. So from uh, the disappointment of the night, now we've, we've, we've obviously clawed the point back and everybody else, but at some stage we've got to put our foot on the gas. I've just said to the players, no player is bigger than this football club. Right? Let's get this straight right now. The fans and the badges are the most important aspect of the club. So no player is bigger than this team. Everybody has a role. I am no bigger than my staff. <laughs> I'm fatter, but I'm no bigger. Um, but this is about you putting a shift in. I'd rather have a player that falls short by giving 100% than a talented player that just does enough. And we have to have a way of playing, we have to have style, we have to have class, but it's about every single one of them maximising their 100% of their talent and their work ethic and understanding they are a small cog in a big club. And if we get them cogs turned in the right direction, we can quite easily go on a run. We have the firepower. Bernie's back now for next week. Stefan Mavidi, everyone's getting excited about him. You've got Lee Novak, you've got Josh McGuinness, you've got Tony Watt, Ricky Holmes, Jordan Bataka. Come on. Ez, Joe, Crofty, Jake. Jake's a good player, everyone's seen that. A strong back four, a, a, a vice captain who's the best right back I've seen for a long, long time, who wears his heart on the sleeve. A top, we have a good team here. And they need to believe and they need to push forward. Because where we are in the league is not acceptable. It's not acceptable for this talented team. And I want to get more out of them. There's got to be more. The fans travel. Thank you for the support. Um, Dennis, we wanted to try and win for you, my friend. But um, he'll know who that's for. Um, we tried everything possible could for Dennis. He, uh, I don't want to talk about but he knows what I'm talking about. We tried to win for him. And... Uh, Hopefully he was proud of seeing his team today. Because yeah, you mentioned the fans. We looked over to the away end at full time and they're really applauding. They really appreciate what they saw. But today. they're good people. They care. They know football. They know work ethic. That's what they demand. This club's a special club. Work hard and they accept you. Roll your sleeves up and be prepared to put your body on the line. They accept you. If you fall short of a work ethic, they certainly won't. I don't want to accept it from here. I don't want them to accept it from the terraces. I don't want the players on the pitch to accept it from themselves. They have to, in a cohesive way, be solid with a with a forward-thinking mentality. It's been a delivery towards six off at Bauer. The free header will be tapped home again by Texera. It's free oh Again, it's a corner comes in from Jake Forsakowski at the back post. Bauer heads down. And Texera gets the second of the game. Absolutely bonkers here. Bonkers. Charlton Live. From the home of time. time, This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Talking about Charlton Live here on Maritime. That was Carl Robinson speaking after yesterday's uh, free-all draw up at Spotland with Rochdale. Uh, he mentioned something about a fan uh, called Dennis there, and we won't go too much into it, but the, the Carl and the club did something really good for a fan uh, a fan called Dennis yesterday, and they deserve a lot of respect for that. So uh, uh, well done to them for that. Now Bob Liskin says, Thank God for Charlton Live, as I'm waiting at Hammersmith Broadway for a family. Got an hour to kill, uh, which is... Uh, <laughs> Uh, which is good to hear. Uh, Lewis Wheeler says, I know a lot will disagree, but I think there's a pretty decent interview from Robinson, to be fair, uh, 
uh, good questions from me and Stubbley also. Thanks for that. Uh, Lewis, right. Now, Louis Allen, now we've mentioned it already. Louis Allen says, does Mavadidi deserve more game time? And I, it's one of those things now because obviously he's a lone player. Um, but I mean, we, we've bought him here to help us out. That's what lone players are for. But obviously, when you look at development, you probably you want to develop your own players, really. But if you've been lent a, a player of his quality, might might as well use him, I guess. And from what I've seen so far, I think he's been excellent. I think even at Wimbledon, he came on and put in a, a decent cross, if I remember rightly. I mm. think, I mean, I, I think he's been really good since he's come. Really exciting. Yeah, I mean, if you um, you come off the bench and and you play well. I think you deserve a chance in the first team, and uh, I think from what I've seen, Mavadi so far, I think he's definitely. I know he, play, he started against Oldham, um, but I think he's definitely. Uh, you should definitely start. Obviously, one of the next two, obviously Tuesday or Saturday, because we're both at home. But yeah, we, we maybe we should try a bit more with our youngsters. But who who we haven't really got anyone in the wings, have we? For who can play that sort of winger role? Who's mm. up and coming, really? Uh. In the youth team, maybe I'm trying to think who's in the youth team and we're not using them. But that's what I mean. So yeah. I mean, but um, yeah, I think he's done enough to deserve his chance. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think he gives us another outlet. Yeah, he's quite a powerful runner and. Yeah. Uh, He's certainly, certainly a big prospect. Oliver mm. Oliver on, on Twitter says, I think Mavadidi has to start on Tuesday. And then we had an email from Jacob Styles who says, Fort Mavadidi looks sharp, but would but would there be any chance of him signing long-term in the summer? Now, if I was Arsene Wenger, and, and we're not going to get into whether he's going to be at Arsenal next season, but you know, if you're Arsenal and you're looking at a talent like that, from what I've seen, you'd be, you'd be mad to let him come to us for any long-term, really, because he, he looks a great prospect. And, um, you know... It's one of those ones where is is that's why sometimes it is a shame with loan players that you bring them in and you get excited about them. Then of course you have to give them back. That's why I prefer permanent signings. But mm. I think we do very well to get Mavadidi on a permanent. From what I've seen so far, and I imagine he's pretty highly rated at Arsenal uh, as well. Right, we had an email from Chris Davin. Says evening people. Uh, another day, another draw. Don't know the stats, but we've had one hell of a lot of draws this season. Uh, at least this one was a feast of goals that Robertson had promised us for the last three months. Robertson is no worse, no better than the managers who have come before him since this mob ran the gaff uh, Chris Powell accepted uh, obviously the only difference is he talks a lot I wouldn't get rid of him there's no point once the owner leaves then I'd send Mr Robinson packing back to La La Land where he obviously comes from uh, won a lot of Oscars though La La Land doesn't it uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> whether, whether we are going uh, with a free to uh, two up top, five across the middle, uh, a Christmas tree with lights and fairy at the top. It makes no difference. He talks tactics and more tactics, probably talks it in his sleep. Goes on about doing work in the classroom too. What's uh, what's that double maths and a bit of biology nonsense? Uh, anyway, uh, Oxford Tuesday night, I sense a win, uh, though I'm working so, they won't, so I won't be there to experience it. I also sense a very low crowd. It's got to the point where a lot of fans just don't care anymore and that is sad. Keep up the good work. Love to listen live or download. Thanks for that, uh, Chris. Thanks for emails every week as well. Um, I mean, Carl does talk a lot about tactics, and you get an impression that he's quite a, a, a modern manager in terms of the way he views sort of the, the, your tactics and, and the, the ideas behind the game, and he does like to talk about that stuff. I mean, that's just sort of modern management, isn't it, these, these days? Yeah, it is, you know, and <clears throat> a good thing about it is, is um, <clears throat> Carl's... Hang on. There <clears throat> we go. Sorry, need to choke them. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, the thing is with Cole, he's quite, he's brutally honest, and that's what I like about, because I know some people don't like him, and, you know, he, they're bored of the same rhetoric and that, which is fine, but I think it's quite refreshing to hear someone who says it as it is, and not just say, oh, we, sh-, you know, we played okay, but we just didn't win today. He tries and elaborates why and, and sort of his reasons behind what he does. So, I, I, I like him, but, um, 
Yeah, he's, he's, I just think he's just an open character. He's just, mm. He just says says it as it is. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and then, like I say, other, other people have really picked up on the fact that yesterday he said that apart from the, the three goals that they scored, they didn't have any chances. Which even if they score, I mean, if you score yeah. three goals, that's not good enough anyway. But, I mean, for me, that didn't that didn't really ring true. And I, was, I yeah. just wonder if that's just a way of, like, he is it his, his man management for his squad and for his, even for his supporters and for his club that he wants to try and keep positive? He can't go there and say, oh, we were lucky we didn't concede six. I mean, we, we should have scored six yesterday mm. as well. But do you think he says that sort of thing is a sort of like a, a man management positive mentality sort of thing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's obviously trying to, even though he knows it's getting harder for us to make any sort of playoffs, he's got to try and remain positive and try and keep the morale up in the side to see if we can, you know, become better and make the results better. Um, but yeah, I can understand. I, don't, I think when he looks back, he listens back to it. I don't think he'll probably agree with what he said about the uh, comments. But you know, it was just maybe it was just a flippant comment, and he didn't mean it in terms of because it sounded like like he did say like they had nothing, but they did. Um, yeah. So I don't think he'd look at it with any sort of pride or anything. But <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. And but I, I just, like I said earlier, I just think it's nice that he's just quite honest about it, even apart from that. Yeah. about them having no chances yeah. <laughs> right Mark Newbury emailed evening chaps well at least a couple of miracles from yesterday's trip Paige managed to stay on the pitch for an entire 90 minutes <laughs> yeah. uh, and Ricky Holmes managed not to get sent off can someone please tell him not to try that and tackle <laughs> uh, and then we score three away from home Botaka manages a 1-2 with a post before finishing well and Tex grabs a double didn't go so relying on the highlights and the reports before Rudd dropping the ball was unusual even if Big Mac was there he's the keeper you wipe out anyone in your way uh, with a couple of potential winning games kiss of death it might, it might be a better reflection next week, but I think it goes down to how much Carl tinkers with the team, possibly uh, go with what and Mavadidi up front. Interesting. Uh, won't be at home to see Oxford as taking Mrs. Chef to Venice uh, as the offer to take her to Oldham for her birthday just won't wash. Well, Mark, if you if you have a way with the ladies like I do, you can you can persuade them to go to anywhere, especially Oldham. Uh, uh, interesting. Now, I mean, he's uh, Mark suggesting what and uh, Mavadidi up front. What do you think of that? Um, it's an interesting one. It's. it's uh... I mean, because like, yeah. like, McGuinness ain't done it for me since he's come back from injury, but, you know, we know what a great player he is, and, and surely he just needs to get his, his back up to full match fitness, surely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And you do that by playing games. Yeah, exactly, and I, I think it could work, but, you know, obviously we all know that Watt's not going to stay central, Watt will drift. Um, so that'll mean, obviously, we're relying on Mavadidi to stay last man, which he's done for Arsenal under 23s and stuff, so it's an option. Um but what I don't think Cole will do it. I think Cole likes the the target man in either yeah. Josh or Big Noves, and then I mean that's the thing. I mean also with those two, I think I think it would be. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
be a bit lightweight up front for yeah. for if we do need to start playing percentages and and against a lot of League One defenders, you need a strong striker. Mm. I think yeah, if, I think if Mavadidi was up top on he, if he was the main striker, I'd still think he would have a tendency to go down the channels, which mm. again. He could do that, but then who are you going to have in the box? Which is what sort of happened at Mere Wall when Tony was up there. Yeah. He was coming so deep, there was no one beyond him to to go on. So, I don't know, it could work. It could, you know, well, if it was up know, to me, from what, from what I've seen of Mavadidi now, I'd just play him in goal. And then every time we have a goal kick, just get him to <laughs> put, get some one-two with someone, he can just run the length of the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Just got to work on his finishing. We'd probably yeah. win 5-0 every game. Yeah. But I think, I, think, I think once McGuinness is up and fit and running, I'd like to see him and Mavadidi up top as a two. I think that would be good. Yeah. I'd like to see that, but yeah. I, like, I can't see it happening, personally. <laughs> yeah, right. Freddie Saunders says, I don't think KR is open and honest. I think he's a bit of a political animal in the football world. Uses rhetoric to cover. It's not productive or helpful. We need to stick with him, but I can see him dropping off quick next season if he doesn't change. Running time to go, says Carol Fry, 13 games, two wins. Carl Robinson, game, uh, 13 games, three wins. Carol was in the championship. Robinson is in League One. Uh, Carol Fry and Robinson, uh, 14 games in charge. League and Cup games altogether, so Carol got two and, and Robinson three wins out of that. Uh, Bob Liscombe says, drop McGuinness, are you mad? <laughs> so, I'll say, I, I personally, uh, that's, your, that's your opinion, Nate. Yeah, big Josh, mate. No, I'd, I'd, never, I'd, never, I'd never be dropped never Josh, him, but... I don't, I, the only time I would say I would drop him or not play him from the start is if we had another able replacement, which I don't. Because th- I think the, the weird thing is you've got big nose. He, he's not exactly like he's hundred percent sharp. You know what I mean? So we've got we've got two centre forwards now. Our only two sort of target men who aren't really a firing all cylinders and b don't look hundred percent fit. So. Mm. You could yeah. sort of you're in a sort of a predicament there, aren't you? Yeah, because that was Mark's suggestion, wasn't it, to play uh, Mavadidi and what uh, up top together? Right. Um, I mean, picking up on Ronan time to go's point there. I mean, this is a question that could ask at any point really in the last three years. Now we're talking about managers versus uh, squads they've got versus the way the club is being run versus the mentality around the club versus whether they've got a big enough squad. All those sort of things and and. It, we we can't. I mean, can you always just point at the manager and go, "Well, hang on, no. you're you're not a good enough manager because you're not performing with what you've been given." I mean, and can you can you do that? Can you do that? Um, I don't. I, in my opinion, no. I mean, obviously, the, the manager. I mean, if you get out, if you get um, out tacticked or you know, or however you say it, every week, then I think, yeah, I think. But I don't think we are we are getting out sort of thought or anything at the moment. I just think our players aren't firing on all cylinders like they should be because of the the ability that they have we're not playing to our full potential I don't think but this is a case of we're having to I know, I mean, I'm sure we're having to play young players who aren't yeah. quite fit to, to run every game we're having to uh, play um, you know strikers who are still coming back from injury I, mean, I saw a point from uh, I think it was CFC Facts and Stats tweeted a while ago that we haven't actually been able to um, put out the same team like so we, a team with no changes I think he said uh, <laughs> from from earlier on uh, in the season when we played, I think Fleetwood and Wimbledon. I have to find the tweet to confirm. But I mean, in terms of it, wherever it was, there's something towards the start of the season when we haven't we haven't actually managed to play the same team twice in a row in in the league. No, that, obviously that that was a bit of a hindrance because partnerships and as a unit are, are key. You know, are key to any sort of. If you look at Wimbledon, even though uh, um, an example I use, even they're in the lower league, is a team like Wickham. They've got, I think, they've got one of the smallest squads in the whole of the football league. But everyone knows their job. Everyone knows that they have partnerships that they sort of harness, and you know, and, that, and they work together. So every time you're chopping and changing, even though the, the ability-wise they're probably more than capable to do the job, there's always like, you know, oh, you know, I've got to change my game sort because of, I know 
you know, Chris Solly will go bomb on. But then if you, if Esri goes to right back, then he's more able, but he's not Chris Solly. So mm. it's difficult. It is, it is, it's much more difficult when you're chopping and changing. But going back to that, it, some of it are our own faults. So the last few games, it's been due to our discipline problems. You mm. know, people getting sent off for silly fouls and... So, um, but yeah, it's, and that, it's, and that is something that, that can be managed, isn't yeah. it? Discipline, discipline, so. yeah. Which is, it's very unlike. It's not really like Charlton to do, like the last few weeks when you know when Nathan got sent off and a couple of others that Tex got sent, sent off. Yeah, it's not really yeah. like us to do that. We never really, we I wasn't really used to that, and it's come to sort of bite us in the bum a little bit. But yeah, um, yeah hopefully we can try and get a settled side, especially towards the, if we don't once we get comfortable, once we can't get relegated, I'd like to see a settled side <laughs> just so for next year, everyone sort of knows a pattern of play and everything, unless he's obviously gets the chop, which yeah. wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Eight points off relegation, eight points off the playoffs. <laughs> last. All right. Freddie Saunders says, I think we can agree gents that we need a prolific and a ruthless striker in the summer window. Also, we just tighten up at the back and we'd be up. Uh, and then, uh, Nikki, a Jose fangirl, uh, Oliver on Twitter, says cough a Jose cough <laughs> so I think he feels like we need to get a Jose uh, back right our most ruthless striker yesterday George Teixeira uh, he came to speak to myself and uh, Greg Stubbers Stubbly Mr Bonkers after after yesterday's game this is what Tex had to say we knew it was going to be a tough game here Rosdale we knew how good they play we tried to come in the game good but uh, we get the goal in the first minutes and it's complicated a bit but I think during the game we showed determination and uh, I think the goals we scored the goals. It was a beautiful goal also, and uh, I think we at least we didn't uh, lose the game. Yeah, and two goals for yourself. Two almost identical goals as well. Yes, two two goals for me, but in the end we didn't win, and uh, I prefer to have the victory instead. But yeah, it's always good for my my individual performance. But most important is the collective. Uh, Charlton had a lot of corners during the week against Oldham, didn't make any of them pay. Have you been working on it in, uh, during the week in training? Yeah, we work every week. We have worked with corners, uh, free kicks, everything. Against Oldham, we, we couldn't uh, make, make, them, uh, make them in. Today, we, we make them, and uh, it was important today for us. And talking of your goals, uh, two headers down from Patrick Bauer and allowed <laughs> you to find your space in the penalty area to convert. I mean, it's good for you that your, your centre-back partner was <laughs> the assist of both your goals. Yes, uh, Patrick made it to the seats. It's good for him also. Uh, I can't say that we, we, combine, we combined before, but uh, no, he just come. I was just in the right place, and uh, I have lucky. You've had to be quite patient for your chance in, within Charlton. The first six months, you didn't really really feature much, but since Carl Robinson's come in, you, you found a lot more game time. And how, how's that been for you? Yeah, it's been difficult for me because uh, who knows me as a player? He knows that uh, I like to play every game and I like to win every game. Uh, I'm not uh, playing uh, as I like, but. Uh, as soon as the, the coach give me the opportunity to play, I'll give my best, as everyone knows, and uh, I respect his, his decisions, and I'll give my best every time I play. You know? Playoffs are still eight points off after. The, is there still that belief in the change room that you can, you can chase that target? <laughs> of course, there is still about 50 games, or 15 points, 50 points, so I think there is still a lot of games. It's important now that we can, uh, we can stop with the draws and get the three points every game, and uh, now we have an important game Tuesday. We hope all the, the fans of Salta come to support us and uh, we hope we get the three points to start a good season, a good series. You're in quite a run of, uh, of a lot of games at the moment, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. How, is, as players, are you finding it difficult or taking it in your stride? Yes, it's just because we have to, to rest the most possible. We have to respect what the staff said to us and uh, I think we are, going a good, we are doing a good job in, the, in that respect and uh, yeah, there's more games to come and we'll give our best. 
sort of full time there. The, the Charlton fans gave uh, the team a good reception. Must be grateful for their support to come all yeah. this way. Of course, all these ways, uh, five hours from London, and they are here and they support it until the end. It's amazing how they are, and uh, we players we respect them a lot, and uh, we try to give all the best in every game. You know? And I hope uh, Tuesday we can get them three points, and uh, we start from there. We start a new city. Bonkers. Bonkers. delivery towards six shot, but Bauer the free header will be tapped home again by Texera. It's free all. Again, it's a corner comes in from Jake Forsikowski at the back post. Bauer heads down, and Texera gets the second of the game. Absolutely bonkers here. Bonkers. Charlton Live. From the home of time. time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Let's not make Charlton now into a team uh, who's going everywhere and must win and must be better than uh, the home side. Charlton Live. Uh, George Teixeira there speaking to uh, myself and, and Bonkers after the uh, after the game. Um, I, I found the whole Teixeira situation interesting. Now. There's a question uh, about whether he's... Um, you know, he's got. He's sort of got to be patient at the moment because I, I was looking at the stats, and yeah, since since his red card against Millwall, he's been there's been four games since then. He's only started one of them, mm. and he only re- he only really played a, a lot of time yesterday because uh, uh, you know because Konza got, got got injured early. Um, See, so I'm, I'm interested actually because I'm finding that these tweets that are coming in, in from from Freddie Saunders, who's saying the interview, for, uh, the the text interview, just makes you you love the love that god, that Portuguese god even more. Lewis Wheeler says it's Teixeira slowly becoming a legend, not for ability but for, for pure passion he shows for Charlton. Now the thing is, he um he's uh, I mean he's he's the highest paid player I understand by by a fair distance, and I think that's the that's the whole reason he didn't leave in the summer is because no one would pay his wages, and he was, he's quite happy to stay here and take the money. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. how it works. Um, but I just find it interesting that you know he didn't play at all under Russell Sade apart from one checker trade game, and and that and for me that's got to be there's got to be some sort of attitude situation there. And if he has if he is disdaining because he wanted the money, mm. but when, I mean when he plays he, do, he does say the right things, he does put into performances. But I mean, is he here for the right reasons? I guess is the question. I mean, you can see the fans enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean earlier in the season there was. Um People were saying if you played a certain amount of games, you get to pay rise. That's or, not. That's, that's yeah. Not so I know, and and it, and it wasn't. It's not the case. It's just the case. You know, he was injured at the beginning, and then Russell didn't like him for whatever reason, which a lot of, you know, um, at the time Russell didn't fancy him. Fair enough. That's Russell's decision. That's what he's paid to do. So he's come in. Um, he's had a couple of good games, like he said, and then he hasn't played recently. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe Cole just prefers Paddy and. Paddy and Esri, maybe I don't mm. know, but um, but I like I do like George. Um, like I said earlier, I think he offers obviously before yesterday. I think he offers a, a, a threat in the opposition's box as well as ours. Um, I find him more. I find George more comfortable. I, f- I feel more comfortable when when George George is on the is under pressure than Paddy is, mm. um, in my opinion. But. Um, Interesting, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he prob- probably is the highest paid player because he is a good player. Um, well, we were talking about takes yesterday and after the game, and saying like, you know, games he struggled struggled in, and games as, as defenses we struggled in would include probably yeah, probably fair to say yesterday in terms of at the back because we were struggling to do with Calvin Andrew, mm-hmm. uh, Mill. I thought I thought Tex had a torrid time against yeah, um, against Morrison, Steve Morrison yeah. here, who's obviously you know he's a certain type of striker, he's a wind up merchant, and he's but you know but he's good at it. And like I say, I, was, I actually grudgingly respect. 
<laughs> Morrison for the way he dealt with us, and I think he's a, de- a decent player. But I mean, th- that sort of old-fashioned League One striker, that I think, takes struggle- struggles to deal with sometimes. But you could see, you could see why, in a perhaps a less physical league, maybe one of the European leagues, he'd stand out as a good defender because he is a bit, can have a bit of class on the ball sometimes. He can be all right in the air when he's not up against something too big. You know, you can see, you can see why. But I just think at, at times in, in League One games, uh, he, he, did, he does struggle to deal with those big handfuls of strikers. Yeah, I th- uh, to be fair, I think in a way Paddy has as well. I think what you'll find is all these sort of European sort of centre halves, which are like come from said, a different footballing yeah, culture. They, you know, I think with the mere wall game, I think they probably knew how big the game was, but I don't think they anticipated the off the ball stuff that was happening and the the, the battles that were needed to be won and I think that might have come as a surprise to obviously George on the day because yeah he was he did look out of sorts which ability wise he shouldn't be no offence to Steve Morrison but George should have him in his pocket but for whatever reason he he just didn't but uh, yeah like you say it is interesting when you have sort of players from overseas who seem to struggle with the physicality of this league because we didn't do it yesterday and uh, we, we all know that you know Calvin Andrew isn't going to get you 30 goals a year but he's a handful mm. and that's when like you say that's when I sh- when we really struggle is when someone's a really sort of nitty gritty hustle and bustle striker where we usually do well against teams that sort of like to play it which which will be interesting because Oxford are like one of those players they're, yeah. they're quite tippy tappy so it'll be yeah. interesting on Tuesday Sebo's saying that maybe after yesterday's attacking performance Tex and Bauer should probably be, uh, both be starting up front on Tuesday uh, nice long ball tactic yeah. <laughs> just, yeah just yeah, bundle it in every time Roland time to go right this is the thread that you know, we, I, I, I sort of mentioned earlier on the show about the CFC facts and stats uh, asking about um the, the, the unchanged side, yeah, the unchanged yeah. side. And, and Roland Time to Go says when have we ever had a settled side in three years won't happen under this ownership loans go back more loans come in best young players sold and more young players come through and repeat and now that is I mean I, I think that's absolute nail on the head for me because I, mean, I was thinking about what's going to happen in this summer you know is the likes of Cross going to be offered a new contract is 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 the, you know are, are people like that going to be offered a new contract? Are Esri Conza going to be part for sale? Are they being are they being told to be played in the you know to be in the limelight or something like that? Or are they or, you know, even even by playing they're going to be in the limelight? Of course, you know the, these sort of things mean that when it comes to and I said this before the, I think during the January transfer window when we talk about loans and, and as mentioned by Roland time to go there. We change our team every six months. It seems like maybe maybe not wholesale in January, but by the summer we'll have. I reckon we'll 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 be looking at a team of players that maybe five out of the starting eleven won't have been here last year. Yeah, which it doesn't surprise me because to have a settled team, you've got to have a settled manager. You know, to have a settled manager, you're going to have to give him time and let him build a squad. You don't just build a squad in one transfer window, and if it doesn't work, you get rid of him, which is what we've been doing. So it doesn't surprise me that we've never had a settled side. So this, so this is why I'm saying give Carl a chance as much as he probably irritates some some people out there, which I know he does. He doesn't me, but I know he irritates some. But give him a chance, let him build a squad, and then we can have the settled sides, mm. which we all sort of want. But it's not going to happen while we could just. Chop and change every five minutes. Yeah. I'm saying, like, if if he's allowed to settle <coughs> his squad, settle his team, play the way he does, and then, mm. like he did at MK, get promoted, he mm. could be as annoying as he wants. So I, I don't care. If, like, I've, you know, when he comes out and says it's all about the badge, yeah, I understand what you're saying there, Carl. Mm. But you know, let his football do the talking, and, and yeah. then he can he can say that sort of stuff all he wants. And if and if he is given the chance to build a settled squad, I mean, don't forget it took a while at MK Dons to get promoted, but he did get promoted. Yeah. You, you don't get promoted no, not knowing nothing. No, exactly. It's not. It's, I don't think he's a. You know, he's he's a manager that's sort of well thought of in terms of 
you know, his footballing philosophy and, you know, his sort of attacking intent, which I know we're not reaping the benefits as such yet, but we've got to give the guy some time because, you know, what if if we just sack him, who's he getting? And then what, we've got to wait another... He's got to get his players in. Mm. He might, the new, new manager might not want... So Cole's building his squad mm. to fit his way of playing, which is a 4-2-3-1, whatever you want to call it. If we sack him and someone comes in and goes, oh, I prefer 4-4-2, he's got to get rid of all the other players he don't want, bring all these ones in, yeah. and we're going to be back at square one. So Exactly, exactly. Because people, people saying now, saying, oh, you know, this season's a, ri- a write-off for me. Yeah, 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 I is. think... I think it's too much, and uh, I think we said that on Thursday as yeah. well. You know, but and, and people say we're going to have to look to next season, which we are now. I mean, where we are now, we are mm. going to probably have to look to next season. Yeah. That, that's just how it is. Mm. But we can't keep saying that. We can't keep saying that. And the way, like you say, chopping and changing managers, chopping and changing playing squads, you can't happen. That's why, like I say, I, I mentioned the fact that I'm happy with the fact that we got Page. You, you had a good, you know, looked all right yesterday. Um, Jake Forster-Kasky, that sort of player, yeah. young players, and Carl, Carl said it himself during January: young players who can mould a team around because they're on on contract for a couple of years, and that's mm. what we need to do. Uh, but you know, that's perhaps when you're looking at the squad now, you're probably looking at long term, long term for the squad, and you're probably thinking, not even like I say Cross, I don't think it's on a year's contract. You know, players players like that. I mean, he's, he would have played every game this season, yeah. and if we move him on, then we're building again, and you're building yeah. a brand new team. Yeah, it looks like we're going to have to do a lot. Cause I, I can't see Cro- I can't see Cross being here. I can't see George being here. I can't see Paddy being here in the summer. So I mean, uh, you know, you've got Piercy, which I hope he's here for. But you know, there, there's going to be a lot of people going out of the club mm. um, in the summer. Um, and then Roland time to go says, "Will Roland give Carl Robinson time?" And we all know that answer. And that's I mean, that's the thing I can't get my head around. Cause I think that's the only person. There's only one person who can answer that. Yeah, really, do you know what I mean? Well, maybe so. two. <laughs> uh, right um, uh, Jim Dutton did email us actually he was there yesterday he came up on the train his first, first Cheltenham away game outside of London and he somehow blagged his way into the home end at one point so I couldn't work out how he got in but he came and said hello to us uh, before coming to sit around with you guys and he said I'm in the Mavadidi up front camp uh, with what or McGuinness who's struggling to get uh, going and then um, a couple of tweets came flying in uh, Jim, Jim again said definitely prefer Konza in the middle text with Pierce or Bauer at the back or maybe all three of us I don't think we're going to see Pierce for for another month or so is it he's, he's, uh, end of March I yeah think. so when we see I really had an update on that for a little while Freddie said maybe even 3-4-3 three, three is worth a try in the closing stages of the season I would drop Bauer I think he's been making a few mistakes uh, Jimmy said maybe we should just rest him <laughs> that's, that's, that's a drop Jimmy that's just a nice way of saying you've been dropped when you I don't think we've got anyone to replace him though, have we uh, if not it, really. If Ez is, still got Roger Johnson on. The... Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, but I, I agree. I don't know who just tweeted that in, but I, I, I prefer Ezzy in the middle. I don't, I don't. I don't. He's obviously a good player, but I prefer him in the, in the in defensive midfield. Mid, I don't like him at centre back. Yeah. I don't really feel comfortable. Because I mean, that is his, his position, yeah. centre back. I remember mm-hmm. when I first saw him playing at the uh, the under 18s in the uh, professional development league two final over at Brentford a couple of years ago. And I remember yeah. seeing the first time I saw him. Well, uh, as soon as I saw him, I went next to Joe Gomez because he looks calm on the ball yeah. for a defender. Uh, Lewis says that he agrees with Nathan first time for everything. Isn't it? Someone agrees with, agree with me. Yeah, people Jeez. go on about the amount of managers the regime have hired, but going on, to, uh, but then go on to imply that Carl Robertson should be sacked, uh, which he, he doesn't want to see. Uh, Lewis says, "How many times do we have to change a manager? About time we give someone a serious and proper chance. I believe that should be KO. And I'm, I'm with you, Lewis. Is that yeah, there? Okay. Although I also said I yeah, thought yeah. we should have given. Uh, the last one, Russell. <laughs> We've got so many, I keep forgetting the names. The last one, Russell Slade, should be given longer <laughs> as well. You could call him every single day. <laughs> oh, he calls on Chris in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> 
Whatever happened to Alan Kirby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yesterday, uh, the club laid on free coaches, which they were doing for Northampton, uh, chucking in free breakfast as well for that. Uh, but you and uh, Charlton Live colleague Tom Wallin decided to uh, uh, take advantage of that. Uh, and so I, I gave you guys the assignment of recording your day because you know an away day is always fun. Uh, no matter even even when you lose, you can try and make fun make a fun day out of it. So I thought I'd, uh, I'd ask uh, you and you mm. and uh, Tom to record how your day got on, mm. uh, and this is what happened. And just 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 a sort of a warning here. Um, <laughs> Tom isn't actually dead when at the start of this, but he sounds like he might be. This is uh, Tom and Nathan's uh, away day up to Rochdale yesterday. Morning. It's six thirty a.m. on Saturday, the eighteenth of February. Um, I'm up because myself and Charlton Live colleague Nathan Muller making a 450-mile round trip to Rochdale to see Charlton take on their mid-table rivals with pretty much nothing left to play for this season. Um, as you can probably hear, I'm not a morning person. I'm told that Nathan emphatically is. Uh, so I'm off to meet him. The coach leaves the valley at eight o'clock. Um, I've got to spend a good five hours on a coach with him. Hopefully he's not too loud this morning because I really can't face it. So it's, uh, 11.30 on Saturday. Um, Nathan's finally awake. He had a little kip on the first stage of the coach and he's here. Nathan Muller, how you doing? Yeah, refreshed. I had a couple of tequilas, so I had two hours sleep, and I've still managed to come and see our promotion challenge in Rochdale, which I'm really looking forward sort to. sort of commitment you want? Probably more commitment than we'll see from some of the players later. Well, um, Robbo's already called me, I'm playing setback today. Oh, good. Yeah, in place of... Who's out? Uh, Bauer? Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, replace a German with another German. Probably fair. We're at, uh, we're at Norton Keynes Services, which we've never heard of. It was pretty poor, wasn't it? That's good. Yeah. Up north. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, cloudy, it's grey, and we're here for 45 minutes as well. I know, 45 minutes, I only wanted 10 minutes to get a couple of tequilas in. <laughs> now we've got to stand here for another half hour. More tequila for me, for Miller there. So we've got about another hour and a half, two hours, and then we'll be in Rochdale. Um, what are your expectations today? Uh, nil nil. <laughs> You're telling me 442 on the way here? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I just, I've got a sneaky feeling that. I don't know why, but I say this every game. So we've passed Ron Chalmers, the potato man, and Better Dreams Limited was a bit of a tip, but we've arrived in Rochdale. Nate, first thoughts? Uh, feel a bit more alive. I feel like death warmed up earlier, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's still grim. It is. Uh, yeah. we, we parked on, um, no, it looked like next to a Sunday league football ground. <laughs> Pulled out as a grand, but now we're, uh, we're just arriving at spot and that, or whatever, it's crown oil. Yeah, we ju- literally just got here. The uh, coach pulled up next to a library in an old people's home. There was no ground to be seen, but it looks like we've just arrived on the corner now. It's 20 minutes to kick off. Lineup's been announced. Nate's just been served a pie from a, a sizable woman who claims she's never tried the pies. <laughs> Nate, what do you make of the lineup so far? 442, it looks like. What? The lineup for the pie? <laughs> well, first of all, how's the pie? Chicken bolter you went for, yeah? Very decent. I might have to try a meat and potatoes. Much like she did. <laughs> Yeah, I think I've been listening to our shows, mate. Because we did say he's got to go for broke now. He's ain't got nothing to lose. So hopefully, what plays in that little hole just behind McGuinness, and then um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But we've got to go for broke now. I think there's nothing to lose, do we? You say he's listening to the show, but there's no other stats. And I mean, if he's been listening to the show, he knows that I want him in. But Aribo rested as well. Is that the right thing to do? Do you think we've talked about youth? How we've yeah. tried to 
kind of we've had to play them. Is that the right decision? Well, we've, we've, we've played them, but you know, like we've said on Thursday, you know, we've got a lot of games coming up. So even though he's not playing a day, it doesn't mean it's because of his performance. We've got a big squad, we've got to utilise it. You know? So I think just give up people a rest and to try and win the game. Man. There you go. Top punditry from Nathan Miller while he enjoys his pie. So we're in. We've made it into Scotland, as you can hear. And uh, Nathan picked our spot. Nathan, what do you make of the ground? Yeah, no, that's a little ground. Nice to see a little terrace stand. I ain't seen one of them for a while. Yeah, so we're pretty much opposite the, the tunnel and the benches. To our right, there's a little terrace with the home fans. To the left, tiered scene with the home fans. I say tiered, there's just one tier. Uh, last minute prediction. Good, that's what I said before the game. I want to stick to that 1 0 win. Come on, you Reds. Rod gets a touch of it, it's a header. It's been tapped home. And opening the score for Rochdale. It's number five, Neil Canavan. Left it McGinnis, flicks around the corner for John Pataka. Plays it in on a goal. Pataka. Off the post, Pataka will have it again. And he scores for Charlton! Half time, one all. Charlton got out of jail there, Nath. Yeah, that was grim. It was terrible, wasn't it? So early goal set us down, but got back into it. How did, how did you feel? Second half? You can only get better. I mean, it was grim. I mean, we, again, we had a quite a little bit of possession, but when we get to that final third, we just seem to be devoid of ideas. And then um, there's a good through ball for obviously Jordan, and then uh, he, he obviously got a bit jammy with the ball that came off the post, but. You can only finish what's in front of you, can't you? But uh, yeah, it weren't, I wouldn't say we, we were the poorest side. We just did, we just avoided what it is. Yeah, tried that through that over the top ball a few times and been called offside, but finally got it through. But Pataka took two or three chances to get it in. So, so what do you reckon? Second half? How are you um, seeing it? I don't know. I don't know if he might change it a little bit because he's um, he's putting every time every time they get the ball, he's asking what to keep trailing the uh, tracking camps, which is going to be. What's not going to be able to do that for 90 minutes? You know, he's a much greater player, so we'll see what happens. But I think if we keep the ball like we have been, but we try and nullify Calvin Andrews, because he's a bit of a handful, I feel we'll be alright, but we'll see how it goes. Corner kick came in for Borsakowski, headed down by Patrick Bauer, and there from a few yards out was Josh Sixera to tap home. Opportunity towards the far post, Andrews peeling away, it's 2 2! Defines Mendes Lang, shooting opportunity, and it's in for Rochdale! Mendes Lang. It's a jump up out of the free and it will be tapped home again by Tixera. It's 3 0. 3 3 it finished at Scotland. Nath, first thoughts? Uh, just that it's a relief that we got that, that equaliser because oh, that third goal was an embarrassment. Mm. I was about to say, what about that third goal? Oh, it's embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. There's no word for it, it's just embarrassing, that third goal. And uh, but to be fair, like, we, we, we done okay, we weren't poor, it's just. Defensively, we couldn't hand, handle the big man, and, and that's all it came down to. But disappointed, but um, another draw. So <laughs> it's the same old story. But um, we were a lot better in front of goal, and that Mavadidi. If anyone sees the run, he does. Oh, oh my God! But it was a build-up to us. It was to our second goal. Um, unbelievable one. What I mean, player he looks like? I tweeted it was the best thing that ev- ever done by a Charlton player. Forgot about maybe the Clive Mendonca hat trick and a few others, but a great run. You know, free all, another draw, playoffs yeah. probably gone now. Yeah, I mean, you know, going back, going back to Mavadidi, yeah, you know, it was great. I mean, but he didn't just run with the ball, he beat about four or five players from the edge of his own box. And that's not even being an exaggeration, but hold up. Now we're gone. And, uh, so he nearly got run over there. Um, 
But yeah, no, yeah, I think it is over now, to be honest with you. Yeah. And uh, what about the four and a half hour journey back? Are you looking forward to that? Delightful. <laughs> so there it is. Scotland. Job done. 14 hours later, back in Charlton. Just, Nate's just got an Uber. He's going back home, walking back. Uh, free all. Disappointing on the whole. Thought we might, thought we might win it, but on a balance of play when we was 3-2 down would have taken three all all day long um, another draw playoffs that little bit further away My points wise we're a little bit closer but obviously another game down but yeah 14 hour day it's been long for 90 minutes of football but yeah three all we'll take it and on to Oxford on Tuesday night He's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armakashi! Oh, that's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike! That is outrageous. Right-footed. Well, we saw Armak off his line. What a goal! From the home of time, time. this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. They got that deep, they all needed snorkels. Charlton Live. There we heard it, the away day diary of Tom and Nathan up to Rochdale yesterday. Uh, sounds like you had a good time, and and you survived the potential running over. Oh is... man, that was that was that was brutal. I th- really thought I was going to die. <laughs> this, get, this person weren't hanging around. He must have been getting home. He, he must have seen we were Charlton fans. Yeah, so. yeah, you didn't let you didn't let your near death experience affect your punditry, and that's why we well, respect you. <laughs> Tom's voice in the beginning. Oh, that's oh my god, god yeah, it's def, it, that's yeah. death warmed up. Yeah, <laughs> need some soovers or something. For your <laughs> uh, Oliver Oliver said I was wondering what our record is when the club have put on free travel. Uh, that was an interesting one. I mean, I mean, because they've done free travel throughout the years. I think there was one where we beat Port Vale back in like nineties something, uh, like in the ninety-eight playoff season. I think we won one 0 with a late penalty. I mean, that's the first time I can remember it. But I'm certain there's been other other ones as well. I mean, I did the free travel up to Middlesbrough for the Operation Riverside. Uh, I, I must have done some other ones at the time as well. So in terms of our, I mean, whenever we we made it into an Operation something, so Operation Ewood, where they put on, I think they put on free coaches and cheap. Cheap trains or something like that, and uh, we lo- we lost that one quite heavily in our relegation season uh, from the Premier League. Uh, Freddie says, Nathan, did you just say that we have a big squad during that? Um, I might have done. Yeah, probably talk no, about in terms of the certain- in terms of like in maybe in what we we did have. I mean, you know, we, if we're playing two in the middle, like obviously we've got a Rebo, Forstakaski, Quofts, and whatever else. But it's bigish. But we'll, yeah. Back in the day, we only had like two players in the middle at the beginning of the season, didn't we? But, yeah, no, I'm not saying we have a massive squad, Freddie, but in you know what I mean. Com- comparatively compa- to, to, yeah. to what we've had under yeah, this exactly, regime in times, yeah. or even perhaps uh, uh, during this uh, season. No, I mean, overall, enjoyable. I mean, I, I know we were talking about this earlier. Um, Rochdale was a club. I thought they were, yeah, I no. thought they were really nice, weren't they? The, I thought it was a, a lovely ground. Uh, lo- I mean, it's a little small ground, but it's a lovely ground. Um, 
I know it's uh, only found out the the hard way. Basically, the, their their directors put, made little cupcakes with Charlton badges on for our directors, and I found out because someone nicked me one, uh, mm. and they were really nice as well. But in terms of like, um, you know, the, you said the staff were all friendly. And I thought the club shop was good as well. Yeah, that, like, so. I had to go and pick a ticket up because it was um, postman Pat lost mine, so I had to go and pick it up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, they were fine. Went into the um, to the home club sort of bar thing or whatever it is. I don't know. Just found out they poured a Guinness. From a can in a, gl- in a straight glass. away onto the Guinness. Here. <laughs> yeah, literally. And they, I don't even know how it works. She said it went on draft. They poured a can, and I was like, "No, I'll leave it out." She said, "No, watch." And then she put it on this stand, pressed a button, and it sort of done this shaky thing and gave me edit. It was amazing. But <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the staff were amazing. It was, it was, it just it had a really good feel about the club. And um, we, Tom looked on the <coughs> internet beforehand and read good things about. Yeah, about Rochdale. So, long, yeah. long way, but it was a good day considering. Yeah, yeah, and it was a good, good day, and considering we're likely to be in the same league again next season, I advise anyone who wants to go next year to pop up there to, to Spotland. It's a, a nice little club. Uh, right now, someone else who I spoke to who'd, who'd done something uh, pretty spectacular. Uh, I was told about this when we began, and I bumped into this guy in the club shop. So I just asked if we could have a little chat. Edward Wood. Uh, he uh, he's uh, broken a Guinness World Record yesterday. Um, he. Uh, his uh, his record was right. So he had to go and see all ninety three English league clubs, and that includes Berwick Rangers, who actually play in the Scottish league, but they're based in England. Uh, the, the record is to go and see them all play a home game within the shortest amount of time, uh, and he managed to do it in one hundred eighty nine days, uh, which culminated in yesterday's game at the Valley, and uh, just absolutely fascinating. He, he done it. He, he's doing it to raise money for uh, prostate cancer. So I'll tweet out the link now, so you can pay, so you can uh, donate to his uh, to his uh, Just Giving page. But uh, I call up with him just to find out. What, what motivated him uh, to, to do this incredible feat? I'm joined here on Charlton Live now by Edward Wood. Edward, uh, you're, you're breaking a Guinness World Record today. Why don't you explain what, you, what you've achieved? Yeah, so there's a record in the Guinness World Record book that is to watch every team play a home league match in the shortest amount of time. Um, there's, 90, so there's 92 you have to do, plus Barrett Rangers count as well. They're the 93rd because they're an English team playing the Scottish leagues. So, yeah, it's been 189 days. 189 days. That's an incredible achievement. And you're rounding it off here by watching Charlton at Rochdale. I think you've seen Rochdale, uh, seen Charlton three, five, five times altogether? Yeah, this will be the fifth one. I saw them away at Millwall, uh, lost 3-1, I think. <laughs> yeah. Nil-nil away at Scunthorpe. They won, I think it was 3-nil against Port Vale. I saw them lose against, Wim- sorry, one all against Wimbledon last Saturday. And then, obviously, I've got the game today. Yeah, so it's, it's an incredible achievement. I mean, how... Ha- how, how, what have you sort of had to sacrifice in terms of time off work or, or money, that sort of thing? Yeah, I've had four months off unpaid leave off work, um, and then I've, um, I've done 22,000 miles. I've spent about j- up to six grand to do it. But, you know, off the back of that, I've raised money for prostate cancer. I've done loads of stuff that's different and challenging, and that's, that's why I did it as well, to have new experiences, you know, like talking to you, g- great day-to-day, lots of stuff around it. It's, you know, it's, it's what you work for, is to have things like this to be able to, uh, spend time doing. Yeah. Uh, I guess you have to be a huge football fan to want to to want to try and get this achievement. What, what team do you support? I support Derby. Uh, Derby my team, of... yeah. I, I think supporting Derby's been good, but it's also I do get quite stressed about it. You know, we lost three four in the midweek to Cardiff, three all against Bristol City last Saturday. Uh, yeah, sometimes you know it's it's nice to have a break from some intensity of sporting <laughs> Derby. Yeah, and uh, to get your name in the Guinness uh, Book of Records must, must feel excellent. Yeah, I went. I did. A, um, I went to Guinness World Records offices on um, Friday and did a speech in front of all uh, Q and A in front of all their staff, which was great. They've been really supportive over the last couple of weeks and gave me lots of publicity. So all that's been good. And I had, did have the record before, and I was in the book for two years, in ninety three, ninety four, and ninety three, ninety four. So yeah, that's happened before. 
So is, it, is it quite a competitive field then? No, I mean, somebody broke the rec- set the record originally in 68, 69. I broke the record in 91, 92, and someone beat me in 94, 95, and that's been it. Nobody else has, I don't know whether anyone else has attempted it or thought they might do it, but, uh, you know, I saw the record in the book when I was seven. It stuck with me, and then I did it in 91, 92 when I was 25. I'm now 50, and, uh, you know, it's been... Um, it's been a really good, really good experience. And I'm hoping, I'm guessing that Rochdale are going to treat you quite well for your, your record-breaking day. Yeah, um, I think I'm taking the match ball into the pitch. I think, I think I'm getting a jersey, and also Mark from um, Guinness World Records is doing a presentation for me as well, so all that's making it even more special. Excellent stuff. Well, congratulations on your achievement. Cheers, thanks. Bring Luke. on to Shera. Uh, Novak coming on was obvious. Um, Janet Jackson coming on didn't surprise me. Putting him left back did. Mm. <laughs> Janet Jackson coming on didn't surprise me. Janet Jackson coming on. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Shelton Live. So there we heard our exclusive interview with uh, Edward Wood, uh, who's uh, completed the remarkable feat of all, uh, seeing all 93 uh, English league clubs, including Berwick Rangers. Uh, at home in the space of uh, 189 days. So five games he saw Charlton overall. Um, only one win, I think it was, and one defeat. And you know, I've lost count now, but he didn't see us win many games, did he? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. so it's like one in every two or something, isn't so, it? It's, it's something along those lines, isn't that's it? Incredible, that's yeah. incredible. Cause I was, I was, me and Tom saw it on the way up, and I was thinking, that's yeah, that's like one in two games. Is that physically possible? And then, But obviously it is, but... Jesus, and he spent a bit of money as well. Yeah, spent six a, grand. Six grand, but he's also he's raised. raised yeah, he's, he's yeah. raised pretty much. He's, he's raised six thousand seven hundred and thirty pounds for prostate cancer. I've just tweeted out from the Charlton Live account and um, uh, how you can donate it. Obviously, he's, he's raising money for prostate cancer, which is uh, a, a charity that a lot of football, uh, you know, that, that gets involved with football league a lot because it's something that affects men a lot. So, uh, stump up your cash for that one uh, to, to celebrate Edward. Uh, Edward Wood's uh, fine achievement. Right, uh, Garmy head chef said it was good to hear that Nathan was getting head in the club bar um, on his Guinness, uh, which was excellent. He also <laughs> said, did you see that Nicky Bailey is playing for Sutton uh, against Arsenal tomorrow? Just hope that he doesn't have to take a penalty. <laughs> so, yeah, Nicky Bailey, that's a, a blast from the past. Plays for Sutton in the, in the National League now, and obviously that means he's he's taking on um, Arsenal in, in the FA Cup. He came out of his uh, diet, he's what he eats before matches, Ned. Yeah, nine chicken nuggets before every match, he, he said. Couldn't, couldn't tell, could you? I thought you meant nine Big Macs. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said he also said he never something along the lines of he never eats any salad as well, which is uh, again you can tell yeah, that as well. Exactly <laughs> why he might find himself now in the national league. He was a, he was a decent player. In his he age, was, but yeah, yeah, I think that minute, that that penalty miss has ruined him. Here, I think. Yeah, <laughs> uh, his uh, his reputation perhaps never recovered. Never 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 hit the heights that the penalty did. And then he did go to Millwall to be fair. Yeah, also that, also that. Uh, right, uh, we've got about well, seven minutes or so left on tonight's show. All? Yeah, and I guess we we need really to look ahead to. Tuesday night game. Uh, Tuesday night's game with Oxford. Obviously, Oxford weren't in on league duty yesterday because they were still in the FA Cup, and they they went up to Premier League Middlesbrough uh, and, and showed a bit of battle really because they were two 0 down at half time, came back to two all before eventually succumbing, I think, f- to a three two defeat. But you know, if you try and look at it one or two ways, well, they they they'll come into Tuesday's game either battle weary from a really tough game against a Premier League team, or they come into on a bit of a high because they put in a good performance against a Premier League team. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. And that before, even before yesterday, they, they're a side that plays good football. Um, obviously, Appleton there, isn't it? That yeah, just so uh, got them playing well and quite an organised team. And obviously, yeah, they they battled bravely yesterday against a 
an, an okay bit of side, but they're still a Premiership side. Yeah. So um, going two 0 down away from home, and they can't bring it back to two all. They'll be buzzing, and then disappointingly they lost it in the last minute. But it's going to be a test on Tuesday, and then we've obviously uh, next Saturday we've got the happy old so the ever happy Lee Clark coming back. So um, oh, old happy do? Harry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, t- Tuesday will be a tough game. It will and. But I'm just praying we get a win, yeah. just so we can have some momentum. It's quite a big game in the in the battle for mid-table mediocrity, isn't it? Because they're they're <laughs> just they're just one place ahead of us and one point ahead of us. They've got a game in hand on us, actually. One of the few mm. teams that have a game in hand on us. Uh, we played them earlier on in the season. So remember, we got our first penalty uh, in about 15 years against them, which Jacko yeah. scored. Then they equalised sort of later on in that game. And if I remember Russell Slade coming out saying he thought we dominated, but I, I, I thought it was quite an even game, really. And yeah. you know, I think we went on to, to an Oxford team actually on quite good form at, at home at that time. Um, taking them on at, at home, in this league, I, I honestly, we, we shouldn't really have to think too much about the other teams. You try and concentrate on yourself first. Um, and we've had the question, is Mavadili going to start? You know, are, are we In what way are we going to mix up? We know that Cons is not going to play now. He wasn't planning to play anyway, but... Uh, he's going to be injured. And what sort of changes are you expecting to see? Um, I'm not too sure. I mean, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a different game altogether than it was on Saturday. I think you're going to have two teams who like to get the ball down and play. I think it's going to be a bit of a, bit of a slower game. Um, it's not going to be as frantic. Um, and I think it's going to come down to who takes their chances really and who can sort of cut each other open. But uh, I think Mavadidi will start. I think Aribo will start. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we went for that. We went for a free again with Cross, Rebo and Forster, Kasky in the middle. It wouldn't surprise me if we done that, and then Mavadidi and Holmes either side of Josh. That's how I'd envisage it be. Mm. Um, Tex, Pat Bauer, and then obviously Solly and Pagey. But I can't see any drastic changes. But um, I, I'd be very surprised if we don't play with that middle three. Yeah, Bob Liskins just tweeted me saying, but perhaps an idea for a, a subject for another show. We should do heroes to zeros. Based on obviously Nicky Bailey, and uh, oh, that's that's a great idea, that is, Bob. I'm going to stick it on my list with the one other idea I've had that we might have used tonight, but we didn't have a chance. Which is uh, what what our players would be if they weren't footballers, because of course, uh, you know, uh, it's quite fun to work out what sort of characters you've got uh, in in goal. Right, and in terms in terms of Tuesday night, you talk about momentum. Yeah. If you, if you look at defeats, I think we've lost what one in nine, something like yeah. that. I mean, obviously we've drawn most of those, but. That there is still a bit of momentum to sort of build on, isn't it? Yeah, but even if if you build momentum, even if our season, even if it was mathematically impossible for us to reach playoffs, it's always nice to build momentum because winning games is a good feeling, you know. And you win one, you could you win another one. It doesn't matter. It just it breeds confidence, and people play with a bit more. Aren't you know? People want the ball a lot more, and it's a it's just a nicer sort of atmosphere and a nicer game to watch. So. Yeah, hopefully we can start it here, and then who knows? Mm. Beat, if we beat Berry or play play, play well against Berry, we, you know we've got a lot. Of games are coming thick and fast, so this is what I say about momentum. We done it. The prime example is when we stayed up under Riga. We were we weren't given a hell chance, and then we won a game. And then those those games coming quick and fast actually helped us. And that obviously when we ended up beating Watford, I think it was by staying up, it helped because we had those games coming thick and fast, and you know just confidence was sky high. So. It's just a nice game to watch when you win in as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Instead of drawing all the time, it's just boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Lee Bowyer was on the bench yesterday. Uh, found that interesting. It sounds like he's going to be here, sort of involved now for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, a good step. I mean, also, there was also it was also mentioned during the press conference, and he mentioned it again during the interview, which I forgot completely forgot to cut out. But I can't tell you for the reason why we can't tell you. 
about a certain person who's been involved with a club this week for another half an hour, and you'll find out if you're currently watching Channel 4, which obviously you're not because you're listening to us, but there's something on Channel 4 at the moment. And you're, if you're watching that, you'll work out why we can't speak about a certain person at the moment. Uh, but Robert, Lee, Lee Bowyer was uh, there yesterday. And, um, yeah, experience, a striker, obviously. Uh, sorry, not a striker, a, mid- a midfielder during his day. Uh, a good mentor, perhaps, for the younger midfielders we have? I think so. He was tenacious. You know, he loved he loved playing football. He was a good... He was a he was a good box-to-box midfielder, which I don't think you have many of those nowadays. You're either a, a sort of a water carrier, like a defensive, or you're an attacking midfielder. It's nice to have a, you know, Lee was just like, bang, each box, for 90 minutes. And I think he, he, he will be great for sort of a Rebo and Konza, if that's what they're going to do, and play him in the middle. But not only in terms of tactics, but uh, to keep, I know he had his moments, <laughs> which I'm, everyone's aware of, but in terms of on the football pitch... You know, when again he did have a moment, <laughs> but you know he, he's a he's a good idol and who knows the club and knows where it is, and and I think that's why Cole's probably brought him in. Um, and I think it'll be I think it'll be it'll benefit not just the centre midfielders but all the younger young, younger players coming through. So good step. But if you know if he's if he's qualified enough qualified enough to do the job, then then why not? Yeah. Well, Freddie Saunders just tweeted saying, "Oh my God, his curves back at Charlton. You've got completely the wrong end of the stick there, Freddie. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> Seriously, you have that. You, you got it wrong there. Uh, and I think that's as good a time to end the show. Uh, Nathan, uh, thank you for joining us to, to look back at yesterday's uh, uh, game with Rochdale. No worries. See everyone Tuesday. Uh, thank you for all of you who've listened tonight's uh, Charlton Live. Let's hope the addicts can pick up those three points on uh, Tuesday. We'll uh, discuss those, that that game and uh, look forward to next Saturday's game against Berry on." Thursday night with a big match preview but thanks for listening tonight for all your tweets and email I hope you've enjoyed the show I've been Louis Mendes this has been Charlton Live uh, we'll see you on Thursday Charlton Live. Charlton Live. Charlton Live.